What can roofers do to make sure that they don't get burned? Dig in a little bit and learn a little bit yourself. Like you will be competing with other people that are relentless. That could be a massive trap. We could talk about that. We're just going to experience content inflation. This is a big lever. Ah, let's go. I drink from skulls. Drink from the skulls of my enemies. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today on the I Drink from Skulls podcast. He puts the dreams in memes. His SEO ain't slow. He kicks Peter Pan's ass. Founder of the Hook Agency, Mr. Tim Brown. Yeah. You like that? Special in more than one way. I go all in on the intro. Yeah, you should. It's good. I love it. For anyone who doesn't know and anyone that's watching along, who the hell is Tim Brown? Tim Brown is a marketing agency owner. I won't do the human human being side. I mean, I used to be in music. I I like art and stuff like that Uh, as a human. I'm a father, I'm a husband, but I've been running this company for like six years full time. Uh, We we got really niched into roofing a couple of years ago and um, have had a few like really good case studies and like a few people in the industry that have championed us. So we, we have a good like 57 roofing company clients now and we have a 27 person Google specialized team here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Beautiful. And it's the land of the ice and snow. And we are certainly doing our absolute best to be one of the top marketing companies, uh, particularly Google-focused marketing companies in the industry. Love that, man. How did you land into roofers, the crazy world of roofing? So we had one early client that was really cool. Like his personality was cool. And I enjoyed hanging out with them, but he also needed what we had. And two other co- types of contractors a modeler and an asphalt company were three out of our first five clients. Yeah, nice. So we just found it a little bit like they needed what we had. And then I liked this particular person. And that created like we had a few more. And we, because we, we did some cold outreach to some people on roofing, because we're like duplicate type of client, right? And then we got a little bit of momentum, had more than one case study that was really good, and then had a few people in the industry, uh, particularly like Dmitry Lipinski, started to recommend us. Yeah, nice. Uh, and he's a weird, you know, it's a weird situation because if he, you know, if you do something that's not ethical or something like that, he'll be the first one to like tell the world about it. So you kind of got to, you know, it's a double-edged partnership uh, and and strong accountability yeah we yeah it's good accountability it is good accountability for the industry yeah but we've had a couple of times where like he i mean it's, i've been around okay we've had a couple of times where he's like kind of talked to us about a particular client and what was going on and but yeah tons and tons of business uh from now people in the industry so just you just start to make relationships and people are ideally rooting for you and then um it creates momentum yeah nice that's awesome man I think I just thinking back when I first came across you, someone was talking about uh, the best meme guy in roofing. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm going to get a shout out here. I love memes. Yeah. And they're like, Tim. I'm like, what? Who is this meme master? I must speak with him. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because you, you know, like that age old you hustle for like years. So I've been doing marketing now, websites, making websites for 10 years now. Plus, I am an old mate. Yeah, for real. So when I was in college, I was doing it for small businesses as well. There might have been a contractor or two in there, but 
been doing it for 10 years plus really now for money. And then this last year, we've had a little bit of like weirdly breakthrough with memes. Yeah. So check out my memes at facebook.com slash invigorated or on Instagram at roofer memes and memes for whatever reason. Now people know our name more often. It's just weird. You you go for so many years. And I've been doing serious content and how-to content, and I've been trying to give away all the secrets, Matt. Yeah. I've been trying to give away, like, literally everything that we do, we've given away the information, and no one cares because nah. they, they just want somebody to do it for them. Yeah. But the memes came around, and then all of a sudden, no one knew who I was until I wore the mask kind of thing. You know what I mean? No one knew who I was until I started making memes. It's just weird how that kind of thing happens there's the memes and then that's that's evolved into uh trending like your tiktok i see that all the time yeah so we did have five million today five million views damn that bad boy's growing that's crazy i don't know if it's really good for the business like i'm not one of those people that believes going viral is like good for your actual business yeah unless it's like your actual service like you're showing something visual about your actual service this one was a meme and it was like I'll, I'm happy to share what happened there. But one of the things, a lot of people favorited it. If you can get people to favorite it and save it. And then the other one is like, they they were very mad. <laughs> I was making fun of millennials and Gen Z. And so there's just a lot of fighting in the comments. Yeah. And so for whatever reason, that was, it was very short. It was like six, seven seconds. And it's, but the funny thing was, and this is all, I'll land on this. Cause I'm not, I'm not a TikTok or reels expert. I just like, I, I did want to go viral, so I was trying for a while. Yeah, nice. I, the logo was huge. And people have told me, like, TikTok experts and stuff have said, like, if you put a watermark, it will not do anything. And, like, you know, it just shows you that people out here talk yeah. constantly. Like, people people act like they know everything, and then, boom, 5 million views with a giant logo and exactly what we do on it, roofing and home services lead gen yeah so like that's huge on the thing or like you know it's like half the screen on the bottom like it's like that was good i mean but it just doesn't matter you know what i'm saying like yeah. matt when we're in these small just like if people have something that goes nuts outside of their service area does that result in business yeah now i've had blog posts for clients that have gone nuts and they rank but then does it matter for business so we know that we're always held accountable for that and i try to be held accountable for that in my business it has to be, it's fun. It's good to do things that are fun, but what is going to create business? I don't believe viral content creates new business on average. It's good to have visibility. Yeah. It's good to have the algorithm on your side, but it's, it shouldn't be your main focus. Like I probably 80% of my content is like directly for my ideal customer. Yeah. And then I do that 20% where it's like, this can fit with anyone because I'm trying to go viral, but like a lot of my stuff is like directly referencing my ideal customer roofers. Your content and your marketing should be pretty 80% focused on your local market and trying to figure out how I can get more visibility in the local market. Otherwise, you're kind of wasting energy Yeah, on average. And is that something just on that? Like, is that a technique that roofers and home improvement guys could utilize? getting really dialed in and well, what yeah i don't want you to, like I, I don't want people to get stuck there but i i like they do have a major advantage when it comes to video real content because like if you ever hear a 
air compressor nail gun. It's it's very it's like almost ASMR. So like everyone wants to watch that content. Everyone wants to watch you work with your hands. And so even short memes where you say something like about the shingles you're working with and it's just this short seven second like you can do a high amount of views. Like I said, I don't want you to get stuck there. I'd rather you I'd rather you also focus on your local Facebook groups. Yeah. I'd rather you also focus on Nextdoor. I'd rather you also focus on Thumbtack or like just any locally, just anything local, like Google local services or ads in the that are geo-targeted and Facebook ads that are geo-targeted and organic content like location landing pages. Yeah, nice. I love that. We'll dig into that shortly, like what you recommend, how roofers can bring in business and stuff like that. Let's go um, talk a bit more about your services. I saw a video a while ago, and I completely get where you're coming from, but you didn't. You're not a lover of the Facebook ads, which which makes sense. It's like 92 percent of Facebook ads do not make money. There's a whole system and a technique, and a and it has to be right for the person for it to work. Let's talk about the things that you're very good at and well known for, and that's like PPC and and SEO and building websites. Sure, yeah, I do want to reference the the Facebook thing. I think I briefly mentioned Facebook ads as you know, people have to sort through some some stuff. I have been schooled by Facebook ad guys who have techniques for for filtering, and I think ultimately a good Facebook ad guy will have a like Matt probably because I've seen some of your results and they're crazy, will have a very clear method for filtering so you don't have to sort through constant junk. Yeah, And that's really what's necessary. I'm not going to go into the tactics there, but I've heard some good tactics for filtering those ads. And I think that that's really important because previous times where, like, let's say you have a bad or a low-end Facebook ads person, it can be something where your sales guys have to filter through too much, too many tire kickers. And ultimately... The better your filtering gets, the better you can do. So that's ultimately like I understand that I've been I've since been schooled since I've I've talked negatively about that by a couple of Facebook ads guys. And I'm cool with that. As long as you, you know, you work with somebody that's a professional, I have a feeling that people when they do these Facebook ads on their own are not able to filter out the tire kickers. Do not know those secret methods that Matt and other experts at this employ. Yeah. The Google ads stuff like we love Google. I'll be real. Like, uh, yes, uh, Google ads and stuff like that. This is my favorite. I like it because search intent. Yeah. I like the search intent when somebody goes online and they're they're putting in roofer near me, or roofing contractor, roofing city name, because these people are kind of, they're kind of saying, I want this. I want this. And when they, Google has a good intent where that desire for finding services, we can kind of parse that out with what they're searching. So we get better and better and having a niched marketing company is always going to be the best in a lot of ways because one, they care about the reputation with other people like you, which matters. And then two, like we learn so much from our other clients. Yeah. Like I, I Matt's probably learning constantly from every other client that you, you don't have to have every lesson learned on your account. You go outside the industry, you get a Facebook ads guy that's been doing it for dental companies or whatever. Like, you're not going to get every single client that they have teaching them something that they can use on your account. 
Same goes for Google Ads. Same goes for SEO. Yeah. Uh, we have proven framework. And guess what? I didn't really when I did it for everybody. And we did for a long time. We did it for everyone. We didn't have a proven framework. We had to take much more consultative approach on every single client and make really weird new decisions every three months on their account versus this. We know what works for people like your company. And that's the it's a major thing. But other people have, have tried three or four roofing marketing agencies. And so our difference in that is we're generally very custom. So yes, we're more expensive. So, you know, Matt, before the podcast, you mentioned a few other awesome marketing companies in the industry. And I don't think we're the only one. I don't like to claim we're the best. I just think we are the we are very custom. We have three designers full time designing all the time. We have custom for roofing companies, getting revisions for roofing companies, working directly with roofing companies, developers that are doing the same. We know what types of things need to be built. They're practicing and sharpening, building those things and working with those tools because there's tools now, right? Like Rufal and different things where you could wield that. Yeah. And you could wield that. I'm sure Matt's been doing some of those ads where it's like, get a quote now type thing and like get it online. So like, experimenting with these different new tools goes quicker. Everything goes quicker and smoother, but we're custom and transparent. We give people a Google Google Drive folder every single month with what we've completed and, you know, content links and technical changes on their website on the SEO side. And we have live dashboard on the PPC side and the SEO side. And then we also have like lead tracking where we're talking through what closed. We're trying to get to a complete clarity with you and that's that's basically the principle here. As you're choosing any marketing partners, yeah. much transparency and clarity you can get around things and talk about what's closing, what's not closing, because then we can all us marketers can make better decisions about what to prioritize and what to move towards. How you know, if if we have something that's not working, deals aren't closing. I yeah. just think prioritizing around closed deals is ultimately a really good principle because I know that let's say a particular ad that talks about low price isn't converting as well. And one that that's talking about like, I don't know, a sun tunnel or something is is like, then maybe we just push into the direction that is like, what's closing? What's closing? How can we, how can we do more of that? And I think that's where it's having a good relationship with your marketing company is good. Like, like I, I know it's a simple thing. Like it's, we're humans too. We want to get you good results. We know that if we get you good results, we get to work with you longer. We we know that's something people need to know. No marketing company is trying to like take your money and then like run or like, well, there's there's something. But a lot of marketing companies are trying their damnedest. And like some people don't even want to take the time to equip their marketing company, right? Like they um we're not magicians. Yeah. We need your feedback. If there's good relationship, and I'm sure, Matt, I'd be curious your take on this, but if there's a good relationship with somebody, we're even more motivated to crush it for them. And our team is wanting to crush it for them. And I'm not saying you can't challenge them. Do the, like, hey, I don't know about this. Can you tell me about this number? What is going on here? Yeah. That's good. But having a good relationship with people that are providing service for you is going to make your money go farther. I promise you. Absolutely. Because that's the thing, we become an extension of the team. Outsourcing to a marketing agency versus bringing it in-house, the 
the benefits there is for it's it's fractional. So you get the full benefit of a team that is solely focused and energized at what they do, providing, you know, the roofer picks someone who's actually very good at roofing advertising. I loved when you mentioned the volume uh, of work that you're doing when you're working with 50 to 60 roofers all at once, where we're the same in that respect. You get so much feedback and data where we, we don't have to spend a fortune to test because we're running so many ads all at once. Um, and it's the same when you're providing that service so consistently in all the different marketplaces, you learn a lot very quickly. You've been doing it for a decade now, five or six, maybe seven plus years solely focused on roofing. I'm similar, five plus years solely focused on roofing. You learn a lot along the, along the way that you just, the, the guys who are just starting out or they don't really know their stuff or they're a dental marketer or whatever, they don't have any of that. They don't know that stuff. Um, so that's that's super powerful. As, as like just agency talk here for a second, like I know the main thing is r- roofing, but I'm sure there's, there's some lessons to be learned in here. Like I can tell by Matt's online persona that he goes hard. Like agencies that are gonna be the best did go hard, hard at some point because they created client concentration in one niche. And yeah. that is not easy to do. Like we have 57 roofing companies right now. That's not easy to get 57. Are you kidding me? And we've done no outbound, just to be clear. Nothing. We've gone to events, but that's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We haven't like done a bunch of cold calling or anything like that. So 57 attracted to us and stay. Like we went hard on our marketing. And for agencies, just as an aside, like if you're going to niche, you have to go hard to create that client concentration. Because otherwise it's very easy to just be like, pick up tons of other stuff yeah two plus years ago we said no to anything that's not contractor home service so like that like saying no ends up being very important because otherwise there's always something that's um distracting or not really going towards the strategic goal and uh yeah probably the same within any niche if you're people say to niche let's say even as a roofer like let's say you wanted to be the metal roofer you know what I mean? It requires going harder yeah. for a while, like going all in, like, and then you, you dominate that niche and, and stuff starts to glide, right? Like you start to get like, you're known as the metal roofer in the area. Like people just refer all their metal to you. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny because when you niche, you have to go hard. And I strongly suggest it because I think people have better margins and they create more i i would even argue better enjoyment within their team yeah. to have a niche so excuse me that was the aside for marketing agencies that i do think yeah nice i love that you mentioned um the deliverables that you it's, it's a, in a way it's a way of being accountable but you provide the google drive you prov- you show people what you're actually doing and with i'm going into into the line of thinking of where the roofers feel like they've been burnt by the wrong sort of marketers or people have taken their money and haven't delivered. Is that one of the things that you do to ensure good transparency or like what, what can roofers do to make sure that they, they don't get burnt? Yeah, I think I like to say that you should dig in a little bit and learn a little bit yourself. Yeah. Um, that's the most likely, like the people that I see that we work with that like have the most clarity about what we're doing have tried things. 
they see how much effort is required. So Matt may disagree with me, but I think you should run a few Facebook ads for yourself. I agree. You know why it's so good for us to go, Matt, is because like they fail, like people fail. Like, and same with SEO, like there's a guy um, in our industry that's doing, teaching people SEO and I love it because they, they feel a little bit of win because you win a little bit. Like you, you could get to third page or fifth page on your own and it feels good. Yeah. But then like, where are the leads? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it takes brute force. Like this is not easy. It's like, it's a difference when people say Facebook ads are easy. It's like, well, or, or SEO is easy. I'm like, SEO is easy to get to page two or three, you know what I mean? Like, but to, and, and, or to rank three things, Yeah. but to rank 500 keywords and a hundred of them actually make you money. That's where it's really tough and it's always changing. So I love it when people try and I think it's good for your business if you try, because then you can hold people accountable. I agree hundred percent. Oh, and, and we, Hey, as a leader, I can only hold people. This is going to sound like I'm trying to get out of something, but I can only hold people accountable for effort. You know what I mean? Like, and your SEO company should be providing effort. If they guarantee rankings, they're usually scammy, weirdly enough. Yeah. And there, there have been crazy weird hacks in the past where people could kind of guarantee things or like get a thousand backlinks and all of a sudden everything ranks. But like, it's just modern SEO is different. Yeah. It's hard and it's, it's actually requires a human element and human quality content. And it requires relentless month after month effort. So I, I like when people try and I think they should try, but I think like you should try and then do some other things to get past two or 3 million and then hire experts. Like, that's what I think. Like, I think like use social organic social and door knocking and like good brand to get past two or 3 million and then like either hire Matt or hire us or then, you know, we're getting past three and four or five, you like get most, you know, like you, you, once you have the money, do the things that, that are like industry experts in this, because that's really hard to be a master of all things. Like you think you're going to beat me at SEO. I have been doing this for a ton of time and I'm not talking about 10 years with 30 hours a week. I'm talking about, you're talking about 60, 70 hours a week, like a psychopath. Yeah. I am nuts. And I, I am, my team is nuts. Yeah. We're talking about 27 people that are all trying to figure this out constantly all day for, 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 for them, the, the millennials, not Gen Z, uh, 35, 40 hours a week. Right. But the point is, is like 35 hours a week times 27 like you're competing with that you know what i mean like you're competing with uh good companies and uh if in your market you you're lucky enough to not compete with us or to compete with one of the other marketing agencies that's relentless then thank god good for you but ultimately the competition never stops right yeah. and we're all going to be competing with these national roofing companies over this next five to 10 years, there's roll-ups, there's big resources coming to attempt to choke out little and mid players in roofing. And we're all going to have to compete. I like it in a way because it makes it feel like roofing will professionalize yeah, and roofing will have to level up and our customer service will have to get better. I like it. But just don't think that just because for the next one or two years, you can get away with some kind of SEO hack 
that you're really going to, it is hard and it will, like you will be competing with, uh, with other people that are relentless. It's great that you mentioned that because I feel like there's going to be, that there already is massive shiny object syndrome with tools and in specifically AI about how this AI can revolutionize your SEO. It can do this, it can do that. But that could be a massive trap. Is that right? We could touch and top talk about that. I think of it, two different concepts I want to bring up. Content inflation. We're just going to experience content inflation. That means your content might be worth a little bit less than it used to be. Yeah. Because because this is a big lever. You're still the same person pulling on it though, right? So like if I'm pulling and you're pulling, I, I think about like it's still a competition. It's just we all have AI now. You know what I mean? And like, I think of it as, did you ever play Gold, GoldenEye when you were younger on uh, like- Yeah, I'm sure I did. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, there's, you could play where it was, everyone had a rocket launcher. And it's like in the normal levels, yeah, a rocket launcher would be an incredible major advantage. But now we all have rocket launchers. <laughs> so this, it's not an arbitrage, like AI isn't an arbitrage anymore. It's just, we all have it. Yeah. And yes, don't be the person that says no, never, because that might get you into trouble. Like it might be, but like recognize it's a tool and the human being that's wielding the tool, if it's expert versus noob, expert is going to win every time. So like what I'm saying is if you, if you want to go the route of doing it yourself, turn yourself into an expert as best as you can. And if not hire the best expert you can, because they're going to be able to wield AI better than the average person. Yeah. I love that. And you should be getting better at it. I think that that's like a good business or like mindset in general. Like I am taking the time to be a practitioner when it comes to AI. Yeah. I personally am trying things with AI every week. I'm trying experiments. I'm publishing content at a grand scale with AI and not necessarily in my main domain all the time. It's a little bit, but because that's a test too. But like I've got three websites out there with just buckets of different types of AI content and learning how to like which tool works best with it, right? And like, I think everyone in in this podcast that's listening to this podcast right now should be a practitioner when it comes to AI. I think you should be attempting. If you're not a little scared of AI, I'm concerned for your well-being in the next three years. Yeah. One thing I'd love to add there, if anyone thinks that AI is just going to be the golden bullet and it's going to create your content for you uh, or write everything for you, Long, at the moment, it still looks like a robot has done it. So the human element yeah. is what stands out for everyone. So yeah, I and I know you know that better than anyone, but yeah, and I think it's good. It's a good clear. Like I forget to say important basic information. Like you still need to figure out which topics to write, even if you used the lever to create it. So keyword research, getting really good at that. Then also the best content that does well, like has images and in videos and bullet points. And like, we do all that within our content and you should do that. If you're spent, if you're saving time on content creation with AI for some reason, and it's working and it's, you figured out a way to do it. Like let's say a few iterations down, yeah. you're listening to this podcast or on GPT seven, then just make sure to add the formatting and some emotional hooks and stuff like that. Cause that's the type of stuff you're still competing against content. So if the content doesn't have a visual flow to it and doesn't have these additional components that kind of make good content good, then it's, 
it's just going to, because you can go up in ranking and if everyone clicks through on that and then they just go right back to the SERP, search engine result page, sorry, nerd speak, they will be, Google's algorithm is smart enough to say, let's not serve that page anymore. Everyone keeps bouncing. Yeah. So you got to keep people on, you know what I mean? It's just like thumb, it's like YouTube with thumbnails and, and actual video. Like if the thumbnails really, some people have really good thumbnails and then I watch it, you know, like there's a guy in roofing that's digital roofing innovations or something like that. And he has like, it's always like some, some girl in a swimsuit or something with a ladder. And then like, and then you click through, like I'm scrubbing. I can't find this, you know, cause I'm a dog, right? Like I can't find the, the image. Yeah. Then you know what? I'm never clicking your shit again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to. Be cognizant of your content brand. You need to be, you need to try to keep people on your site. You need to be the person who gives value away when people click into your stuff. Just like that situation with the thumbnail and the video doesn't deliver, we are not coming back. Yeah. That's funny because I do, I, I'm known to do that with my stories. My audience is roofers who think it's funny and they love it. But I, after that, I do that sort of thing. I respect your, dude, I'm not going to lie. Like I, you give me every time. I mean, so, I mean, like it, you, you're smart with it. Um, but you usually, you know, like not like I click that and I don't, I can't see the meme that I wanted and wanted to look at. Yeah. Um, and then you usually do a couple, like a lot of times you'll kind of like do a little segue into your, your other content. So I think it's just a good, that's a, that's a click through rate hack that puts your stories at the front of people. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't suggest that as a roofing company for your stuff. No, no. They asked me about it. They're like, you can't, you're not going to do that. I'm like, no, we wouldn't do that. With your, uh, with your audience though, if it's like, let's say a 48 year old housewife, what is the equivalent of creating some kind of, um, and I'm not saying I'm part of naked dudes, but I'm saying like, what is the, uh, what do they want? Prioritize th- those things, like figure out what it is and use that to capture their attention. I think problems. Yeah. Talking about their problems and taking care of those problems. I, I know you're probably almost more of a master of hooks to grab attention than I am. So, I mean, just think about what is the equivalent for your audience as a riff. Yeah. If you get that relatability through vulnerability, if it's a 48 year old housewife going through their pains and struggles, putting out stories that are relevant to that, you'll do very well. And I like, I'll be real, I'll just promote. What I think is good for your audience too is like you're gonna do better if you do good organic organic content to go along with these ads. Like, so I'm yeah. sure the be- some of the it helps when people when they go to the page and there's some flow or there's some they're posting at least once a week or maybe even more than that. They're they're the ads are probably gonna do better. So I just want to remind people from a different perspective. I really believe that, and the better your organic content is, it's gonna support your ads. So. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I call that the quick scroll test. If they go to your page, let's say they've gone to a Facebook ad or Google ad or something, then they go to your next asset and there's nothing there. How are you going to win when someone else has got a volume of content, tons of testimonials, happy people, great relatable stuff? Like it, it, It's a bit of a no-brainer on that, in that sense. Let's talk about like just on ideal clients. You know, you, You've got to set a particular type of roofer or home improvement contractor that's right for hook and I, I this would be a little bit long-winded but i'll get into it in the roofing groups there's there's when someone asks who's good at this uh yourself gets recommended there's a couple of other guys for one or two others for like uh seo and ppc 
I get a lot of shout outs for Facebook ads. There might be another couple that do as well. Um, but not everyone is right for you guys. And, and when I get asked about those types of services, I recommend yourself who offers a premium package for a, a custom website build, long-term SEO, a real long-term solution. You're the, it's funny, when, I, when people ask me, I'm like, Tim, um, maybe one or two other guys, that's who you marry. When you come to us, we're in college, we're dating, we're having fun, we're 100 miles an hour, we're going to get some wins, get some runs on the board, uh, but you do need that long-term solution. So like, when someone comes to you, how do you sort of take them through your process and who's the right sort of person that you're looking for? Yeah, I think um, gross mode companies value digital marketing um, generally between like three and 15 million. It tends to get a little bit more in-house at that point after that 15 million. Yeah. We have we have some bigger companies like that, like Monarch Roofing, Martin Pettigrew, and some other bigger companies that people wouldn't necessarily know. But um, on average, in that growth mode, that kind of like that sprint from three to 15, that that push up, the, the type of people, we like calm, not agitated clients. It's, you know, th- when people come to us and say the last three marketing agencies I had are just ter- were terrible and the worst people ever. And I'm just like, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to like fix your life for you. Yeah. And I like people that uh, you know, ultimately like champion the company that they work with, that they win. You know, I like people that are like cool and kind, but we really do have a solid solution. So it's not like we're not one of those companies that's like, you better never want leads until one year. Like we... Because of the Google ad side of it, we're yeah. able to, you know, pretty quickly, two, three months in, get stuff optimized and get a good flow. We, we have an average of like, I know it's going to be different numbers than Facebook, but we have a pretty low on average cost per lead for comparing us to other uh, Google ad companies for, yeah. for roofing. So we can do that math with you and talk it through and we turn away a lot of business. And I'm not saying that to like annoy people or like, but we really try to do the math with people. And if the math's not mathing, then we just, we, we say, maybe we're not the right fit for now. Yeah. Here's a couple of cheaper companies or here's something else to think about. And, you know, t- the reason that that matters, like sometimes there's a storm focused company and they're not used to spending money on digital marketing. Yeah. They're 90% or 95 or like the truth is they're 99% storm. That's right. And they, Sometimes their salespeople actually don't know how to run retail leads. And that actually, you need to have a real retail department for us. Yeah. Because not every lead that comes through Google ads or organic is going to be perfect for storm. It's just not always the case. Sometimes people have an issue with the roof that's not coverable by insurance. Sometimes people just want a new roof. Crazy, right? People, people want roofs for aesthetic resale, uh, their own pleasure. There, there's So there's a lot of like, and it's true that they don't really work out with us too. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys like have aspiration. Like I'm just going to roast the industry for a second because I know, I don't really mean this, but for fun. A lot of guys want to do this thing where they're, I want to be a retail roofer. Yeah. I know you do. Did you do it? Like, do you have one retail salesperson that really knows how to sell retail? Because I, no matter how many leads I give you, if you've got storm focused salespeople and they don't know how to really sell a roof, I am never going to be a good investment. Yeah. I need people that know how to sell retail and that's okay if it's a different person, if you have a different division, 
it's also a difficult thing to do. It's just a difficult transition. And a marketing agency is never going to be able to make that transition for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably some of the best advice I've, I've seen go out in the real world, my man. Appreciate that. Makes a lot of sense too. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, what's a question I should have asked you, but didn't leadership advice, 27 person team. And I think like, I have some things to say on that and I'd be willing to say them. Yeah. Nice. Well, what if you could say some stuff? Yeah. Just a couple of quick notes on leadership, just because I certainly am going through, those are the lessons I'm, that are hitting me the hardest right now. You know what I mean? Cause I'm actually not doing the marketing myself for our, for our clients. We have specialists in each area, design development, SEO, PPC, writing, we have project managers, we have account managers, and they're all, you know, they're getting better and better constantly with Ruby. Those people are all very complex. Yeah. <laughs> and that difficulty of running uh, of the problems that I have with people is really problems that make you level up, right? Like if I don't have problems that I'm never going to get up, I'm never going to become a better leader. And what I'm learning as a person trying to lead leaders is that my emotional energy and my ability to handle problems without freaking out is really crucial. And I'm a very emotional person. It's part of the reason I was able to make this company and be a little crazy. And the, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to put out crazy amount of effort to build a company and it's long hours and, and a little bit neurotic, but like, as I've come to the spot, it's, it's about, I think I want to be an aspirational leader. I want to be somebody that they look up to yeah. and that they really almost want to be like, yeah. even if they don't want to be me per se, they don't want to be like that guy. Yeah. And I think like part of that is just, I need to, obviously this is so trite, but true. I have to prioritize personal development and fitness or whatever that looks like to me. I need to, I need to focus on my mental health. I need to enjoy my time with my family. And I need to focus on bringing good energy into work. So that's my main lesson. Like I think I say winning energy. I need to be bringing winning energy into work. Are you doing that today? That's my challenge for leaders out there. Are you bringing winning energy into your work today? Or are you bringing contrarian energy? Are you bringing whiny energy? Are you bringing you need to control everything because you're feeling a little concerned about the future like it's difficult i'm not saying i have this down but that's probably the biggest thing that i would say i'm trying to work on right now how do i bring winning energy every day into work and if i'm not doing that it almost doesn't matter what else i do because i'm going to undermine my team and make them feel less than or whatever else and one last thing i don't actually know who said this it might have been kurt lennington i was hanging out with them this past week but it it is teaching from an emotional needs perspective and you think about your team and I was just asking somebody like just about their relationship with their father. Yeah. Wow. And well, a lot of us have contentious relationships with our father. And if there is somebody in our life, a man that could be there for us and say, Hey, see you, you have been just hustling and applying effort. And I'm so proud of you. Think about what that could do for your team. Think about if you go up and lead another workshop with your team and you're trying to help them and you come with that energy, how much more will you be effective? And I've just, I, I was challenged by that and I like am excited to try to exemplify that more. 
That's awesome. That'll move the needle forward. I, I think that's great. Well, my man, you've absolutely crushed it today. If people want to reach out to you, find you, where's the simplest, fastest way that they can connect with you? Facebook, facebook.com slash invigorated, facebook.com slash invigorated, and uh, either follow or add friend and I'll uh, say what's up. Otherwise, Tim at hookagency.com. Awesome, man. Any final words before we wrap it up? No. Uh, you have a great reputation in the industry, uh, and you know I like I like looking at your case studies and the results that you're getting for clients. And what you're doing is important for businesses. They, you know, us connecting homeowners with super important, necessary home services is a worthwhile effort. And your your life's work and what you're doing right now is super important. I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah, thanks, man. Really appreciate that. Yes, sir. Well, that's it for another episode of the I Drink From Skulls podcast. Stay tuned for next week.